This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. We're continuing the lesson that I began several weeks ago. I'm in a series entitled Shatter the Pattern. Shatter the Pattern. Today for my exhortation, my the topic of my exhortation or the subject matter at hand for today is use the big hammer. Use the big hammer. And I'll tell you where I'm coming from in just a few moments. As we came into this lesson, we begin to define what shatter means. Shatter means to crush, to demolish, destroy, dismantle brick by brick, to wipe out, to annihilate, and to kill it. Patterns are those life choices, those choices that we make that cause us to do the same things over and over. It becomes a pattern. It becomes a habit. It becomes a cycle. It becomes a methodology. It becomes the way that we just go about living our lives. All of us have patterns that are within us that are robbing from us. Therefore, we must begin to shatter some patterns. We know that the enemy comes, according to John chapter 10 and verse 10, to steal to kill, and to destroy. That doesn't just has reference to you. That has reference to your children's 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 children down to a thousand generations. God wants to bless our generations down to a thousand generations, and the devil is on a mission to curse our generations down to a thousand generations. So we have given him some access points. The word of God tells us in Ephesians, don't give place to the devil. In other words, don't give the devil an access point. Don't give them a window. Don't give them a back door. Don't give them a side window, a sliding door. Don't give them no French doors. Don't give them anything. Don't give them a crease, crack, or a crevice. Do not give the devil place. Last Thursday, I said, don't give them a place to stay. Don't give them a place to live. Do not give the devil an access point. We know that our minds are the control Uh, the control center of who we are. Our mind kind of controls us, whereas our spirit has to overtake our minds so that we don't do those things that we desire to do, those habits and behaviors that are in us, often inherited, that are robbing from us. We know that the enemy can creep in with even just one crevice. He just needs a crack. He just needs a little tiny entry way. So we, you ever seen somebody, you got to put caulk on it, you got to put some, I had a, a hole in my basement wall and I could see outside of it. So my son teacher, he came and he put something in the hole and when he put it in the hole, it expanded so no air can come in and nothing can come in and nothing can get out from the hole. He had to seal that crevice. You, under, you have to understand that the devil is always looking for a crease, a crack, or a crevice. Listen to me. He's looking for a frail area in your mind or in your life. He's looking for the weak 
spot. He's looking for that fragile spot, and that's what he is going to do to try to come in. He comes in through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The enemy comes in in the area that you're struggling, the area that you're vulnerable in. He comes in that area that maybe has been a proclivity in your family, a pattern in your family. He comes in to degrade you because he knows what your weakness is. Has the enemy, I'll just talk about myself, has he ever defamed your mind because he knew your weakness and then he began to nag on you because of your weakness, whatever your weakness was, and he began to defame your mind and degrade your mind because he has studied down through the generations and he knows the areas of weakness. And he begins to... Um, he begins to pound, repeatedly pound on those areas of weakness. He knows it's already fragile, so wherever he sees a crease, crack, or a crevice, that's where he pounds, and he pounds, 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 and tries to chisel his way in. Therefore, you have to recognize when you're under attack. You have to recognize when something is chiseling at your mind or chiseling at something, nagging at you, that little thing that keeps bothering you. The devil is trying to penetrate your mind and penetrate your life because he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. A robber never comes in and robs an empty place that don't have nothing in it. A robber goes to the place that has something valuable in it. So if you have been or if you are under attack, then you know that you are valuable to God, and that's why the enemy is trying to chisel his way in. This is what I need you to get a revelation of before we really dive into this lesson. You have to understand and you have to realize and be honest with yourself and honest with God and know and identify when you're under attack. You don't wait till you're so far gone that you can't make an intelligent decision to come back. Recognize when you're under attack. Sometimes it's the time of the month that you're under attack or when you're with these people that you're under attack or when your money is this or when your body is this. And all different kinds. Recognize when you're under attack and then draw close to God. He said when you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. And you got to know that you've been covered by the blood of Jesus. Several lessons ago, we learned about a, a city in the Revelation chapter 3, a city known as Sardis. Sardis was known as an impenetrable, uh, an impenetrable city. It had very high walls, and, and the walls were wide, and they were so strong, no enemy could ever penetrate Sardis. And because they knew they were impenetrable, they just began to get lackadaisical. They just began to lay back and, and not really take care of the creases, the cracks in the crevices. So I'm told that, uh, I, I read a story that one of the people that was on the watch, one of the soldiers that was on the watch, on the wall, he had dropped something. He didn't want to go all the way down to the place to get whatever he had dropped. So he started going through the cracks and the crevices that he knew was there, but there was a real enemy looking at how he got in. That's the detriment of trying to put your key under the, the under the rock, under the mat, and this and that and the other. There's somebody watching. How did you how you broke in your own house? They're looking, how did you get in? And that is the way that the enemy came in through the crack that the soldier showed him how to get in. And that became the downfall of Sardis. We spent a lot of time talking about the Roman soldiers when we talked about the full armor of God. And the overthrow of the Roman Empire was not because because 
there was a, 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 a militia that was stronger, it was that they had become weak and they had become so weak that the things that they used to be able to carry and march in and walk in and live in, now it was too heavy and they could no longer uh, um, stand up under it. So today I want to encourage you, uh, I want to encourage you to go back and review all of these lessons. We've talked a lot about shattering the pattern. And I've walked through this thing very precisely over several weeks. So I want you to be diligent enough to go back and study it, especially in the area that you're weak in, especially in the area that you need help and you need to be fortified in, and understand that when you obey, that's when your shift takes place. When I do what I'm supposed to do, that's when the momentum begins to happen. According to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, God hastens to his word to perform it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who is supposed to renew your mind? You have the responsibility to make your own mind new, to reset your own mind through the word of God, that you may prove what is that good, that acceptable, and that perfect will of God. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27 says, do not give place to the devil. Don't give him any land mass. Don't give him any place to say. As we're coming into this lesson, shatter the pattern, we begin to lay down a principle of what the definition of insanity was. And it's doing the same thing over and over and over. And every time you do it, you expect a different result. That's insanity, doing things the same way and expecting a different result. If this time is really going to be different, if this time we're really going to shatter some patterns, we're going to have to do things differently. According to Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, it says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it literally goes, it says, he goes to dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to the house from which I came. House has reference to household or the family or the family tree. I'm going back to the same place that I was comfortable with. It says, the scripture says in verse 44, when he, then he says, I will return to my house from whence I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. At the first sign of that, that sounds good, doesn't it? But you got to remember, you got a real enemy out there. You got a real squatter that lived there. So you've put the squatter out, but you've not boarded up nothing. You've not, you just swept it up and made the place look nice again. It just looked inviting for the squatter to come right on back. 45 says, then he goes and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Woo! He went to dry places. He went to in the same vicinity, in the same region. Dry places means that the evil spirit couldn't find another host. He didn't find another host family, so he's going to go back to the same family that he came from. Are you listening to me? So when the wicked spirit leaves, he literally left. 
But he was comfortable with that family because he knew all about the family's business. He had been watching the family for generation after generation after generation. So he goes and he looks for another host family. He said, but I like that one because I knew how to, I knew how to make them fall. I knew what buttons to push. I knew how to make them be uh, uneasy. I knew how to make them have a panic attack. I knew how to push the button and make them begin to rage and do all kinds of things. Are you listening to me? So when he went out, he didn't find another host that was as welcoming as the host that he had left. The scripture says he came back and he found that place empty. In the Greek, that word is skolazo, skolazo, which means leisure, idle, unoccupied, vacant, check this out, on holiday, on vacation, because they had gotten, remember, Sardis, so comfortable that I have kept the thief out so long, I ain't got to worry about him no longer. But if you have an enemy, your enemy is your enemy. And you cannot put your guard down or check this out. The areas that you're strong in, you still got to guard those too. Don't ever think that you're too strong to fall. I'm still talking about shattering patterns up in here. Today, Marilyn Hickey, one of the great teachers in the body of Christ, said that the iniquities of your forefather are often like the evil seed that are planted within the soil of your soul, deeply rooted in the soil of your soul. The other day, I talked about those dandelions. Remember, as a kid, you pulled them, those uh, yellow heads off the dandelions, thinking you're doing something. Tomorrow, 15 more dandelions in that one place because you can't just take the head off of it. You've got to go to the root. Luke chapter 3 verse 9 says, And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. The axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is talking about a family tree too. You got to put an axe to those family curses, those those generational curses, those generational patterns that we have been living with. We walked through Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 and we, we talked about all of the categories and I said find yourself in whatever those categories were, whether it's witchcraft, sorcery, the horoscopes, whether it's anger, whether it's the lust of the flesh, pornography, uh, unbridled lust, whatever it is, find your place in there and then destroy it. That's where we put the ax to. Because that spirit has gained momentum all down through the generation. And here's the deal. We love our great-grandparents just like our children and our grandchildren love us, but we still got some patterns in us. As much as people love, as much as we loved our grandparents, they still had patterns that needed to be broken. And the momentum got bigger and bigger and bigger. And when it got to us, we had something that we felt like we couldn't handle until we came into this lesson and we learned how to shatter the pattern. Today, I want to encourage you that when we're shattering patterns, we got to use the big hammer. We're going to use the big hammer and shatter the pattern. Now, let me lay down what I wanted to lay down for today. And I just, the Lord gave it to me this way. So I'm just going to give it to you the way that God gave it to me. Um, it says um, in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, but as for me and my house, there's the word house again. What you talking about house? As for me and my house, not, it couldn't possibly be the four walls. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
Remember, we renounce some things, we denounce some things, then we have the ability to, to announce some things. So I'm announcing that me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we do. For the longest day that we live, we will serve the Lord. Oh, glory to God in the highest. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 7 says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Ooh, that tickles my fancy. Every time I read that scripture, I get tickled down in my sanctified soul. I'm going to tell you why. The enemy came one way, but when the Lord raises a standard against him, he got to flee before me seven different ways. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture, and I learned this from my mother-in-law, Pastor Tim's a mother who has gone on to be with the Lord, and she told me a story. She was going through a very, very difficult time in her life, a very difficult time, and she found herself in the position where she had 12 children, and she would have to raise them on her own. She had seven sons and five daughters in the inner city of Detroit, and she made up her mind. She was a priest. She said, Lord, I don't want my sons to, to be in jail. I don't want my daughters to be on the street, this and that and the other, and she began to pray for her family. She, she said, as she was praying for the Lord, she was a cleaning the house and walking through the house, she said she found a piece of the Bible, a page out of the Bible came out. She said, Drea, she said, if I had been looking in the Bible, it wouldn't have been there because the page was out, as if the Lord had took the page out of the Bible to show to her. In the middle of her grief, in the middle of everything that she was facing, the Lord spoke Isaiah chapter 54. Whoa, I feel choked up about it. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13. And the Lord encouraged her and told her, All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. When she told me that, that thing became an instant deposit in my life. I never forgot her story, and I never forgot that scripture. And to be honest, I didn't know that scripture was in the Bible until she told me that that scripture was there. And not only was that for my husband's generation, because generational blessings go down to a thousand generations too, I took that for my children as well. So that is part of my daily confession. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13, all my children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of TJS, Gabe, Gabby, Jessica, uh, Vance, Taj, Judah, Izzy, Zion, Vance the second, Carson, and Ellis. All my children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of my children. When my husband suddenly and unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord, this scripture gave me comfort because all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Now, author Steve Meeks said it this way. I'm going to get to my title in a second. Author Steve Meeks said it this way. He says, there's power in praying together. There's power in praying together. Sometimes when we have patterns and issues and habits, we don't want nobody to know. So we, we try to handle it all by ourselves. Because we don't want people to judge. We don't want people to look at us funny, this, that, and the fifth. But according to scripture, it says God's army would chase, one man could chase a thousand, and two could put 10,000 to flight. So it shows me the power of agreement, having an agreement partner, somebody that I could talk to and somebody that could pray with me. That's why the prayer force at Destiny Faith Church boldly decrees and boldly declares in the name of Jesus Christ that every day we pray, every day God 
answers. There is a multiplied effect in being together before God in prayer. Meeks goes on to say, it, is corporate, uh, it was the corporate prayer that produces corporate results. Matthew chapter 18 it says, again, I say unto you, 18 and verse 19, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, anything mean what? Anything at all, with a whole T in it, anything at all. And it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. This is where we get the principle and the concept of touching and agreeing. But here's the deal. You don't have to touch hands. You touch with your agreement. You touch the situation with your agreement. When you're touching and agreeing, not with your hands, you're laying claim to the thing that you have prayed. Am I making faith to anybody? Today, we're shattering patterns up in here. I'm bringing this, this lesson to a close, but I need to give you some real revelation that's really going to help you to see things from God's perspective. When the Lord was speaking to me, the Lord gave me this example, and it had to be the Lord, because you know I'm not really an illustrated person type of minister. I'm really not, per se. But uh, the Lord told me to get this beautiful this is an antique, well, it's not antique, it's a vintage, this is a vintage um, queen brocade uh, cup. It has a lot of value to it. It's very pretty. It has a lot of detail on it. It's, this is um, hand-printed gold on it, and all of the fine detail is very, very beautiful. It's called Queen Anne Brocade, and it's, it's a, a, a part of a beautiful set that is a very expensive, of a set, if you like, and, and people that know me know that I collect stuff like this. I like pretty. I love beautiful stuff. And to me, doesn't tea taste better in a beautiful cup? It just takes, tea just tastes better in a beautiful cup. So the Lord began to show me this cup. This cup is beautiful. This cup has some value to it. This cup represents our generations. So my great-grandmama and granddaddy drank from this cup, and they passed it on, and this cup has been passed to every generation. So because of the outside of it, you really don't know what's inside of it, but you just trust because everybody else drank from it, you can drink from it as well. So this beautiful cup, represents, can somebody get my kids, I make all my kids come up here, and my grandkids too. This cup represents patterns in our lives. This cup represents things that need to be broken in our lives. Some things that need to be broken in our lives is just anger. Some of us just have an anger problem, and you go to cussing people out, and you say things with your own mouth to your own family members, and come on up to the, the stage. You say things, and you cut like a knife with your words to the people that you love. And here's the thing. This is what we like to do. I said I'm sorry. You didn't shatter my heart in a thousand pieces, then talk about I'm sorry. So 
already doesn't, I mean, you forgive them because you love them and everything, but then you're walking around with cracks and chips places in your life. You follow what I'm saying? When we don't shatter patterns in our lives, the momentum just gets bigger, and we, we send that down to the next generation. So I said the other day, we're the inheritors of the previous generation. All of the patterns that needed to be broken, they didn't break. We inherited those. The next generation is the recipient of the stuff that we don't, that we don't. Now, stop and think about how difficult certain things were, whatever they were. Maybe you don't handle rejection well. Maybe you have an addiction, uh, whatever, a drug addiction or a, a, a sexual addiction or a sexual perversion or a gambling uh, addiction. Or maybe you're uh, addicted to lying or even addicted to food and, and different things like that. And, and we often inherited those things. When you go to the doctor, they give you a survey and they say, what are, check off the things that were in your previous generations. Why? It, it couldn't just be physical things because they want to know about suicide. They want to know about mental illness and uh, schizophrenia, all kinds of things. It's more than just the physical element of it because, yes, we inherit things physically, but we inherit some things spiritually as well. Come on, TJ and Gabe. I need, oh, Gabe is up here. TJ, come up here. Simple. We good. If it messes up, it messes up. I want all of y'all up here and stand back, stand back there. And um, the, the Vance and Carson will represent <clears throat> their parents and the new baby. And I love my family. I love my family. They're very, very precious to me. They're very special to me. And I thank God that he has given me such a beautiful, do y'all agree that they're beautiful? I thank God for this beautiful family. And in this beautiful family, we stand together <clears throat> through the thick and the thin. We agree and we pray and we have texts and we have phone calls and different things like that. And we pray together all the time. And I know they have my back and I know that I have their back as well. But I was looking up a word because I was talking about the testimony, the testimony of faith. And when I looked up that word testimony, it comes from the Latin word um, testis, testis, <clears throat> which is where testimony and testify comes from. And those words have reference to what they called, uh, um, what was the term, TJ, I told you what the, what was called, uh, um, let me see if I wrote it down. This has reference to, <clears throat> it's a witness that is, a, it's called a disinterested witness, a disinterested witness. This is a legal term, a disinterested witness can testify on your behalf because they don't have a vested interest. They don't get any benefit from it, but they can testify with you or they can stand with you. Does that make faith to anybody? So when we talked about touching an agreement, oftentimes we touch and agree with our family and we should. But then there comes a point in time when you have to have a disinterested third party that will stand with you. Where'd Richard go? A disinterested third party party. This disinterested third party, they don't get nothing from standing with you. They don't get anything from agreeing with, agreeing as touching. Come on up. They don't, he doesn't benefit from what I asked him to pray for me for. I can, my family can pray with me and they get the benefit. They get the overflow, right? But this disinterested third party, 
also can help me to shatter patterns because they can touch and agree with me by praying and they don't have to benefit anything from it. Does that make sense? When you guys call the prayer force to pray, we don't get the benefit. Now, of course, we get the effects from it. We get the boomerang effect because the Lord blesses our lives too. But when we're praying for other people's children and we're praying for marriages and we're, we're praying as if it's us. Even though we're the disinterested third party, we don't get the immediate benefit from it. But that does not stop us from praying. I'm here to help you to understand you have to have an agreement partner. If we're going to shatter patterns up here, yes, we pull our family together. But then sometimes you might have to scout out and find a disinterested third party. Somebody that doesn't get the benefit that you're praying for, but they're going to pray as if they're going to get it anyway. Am I making faith to anybody? Because we have to begin to shatter the pattern. So as the Lord woke me up this morning and began to talk to me about this illustrated sermon, and he told me to get this cup, I went in and I had beautiful cups. I have beautiful, Jenny, don't I have beautiful? I got some beautiful stuff. She knows about it. And when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, wait, this is that brocade. I was like, mm, I don't want that one. Let me get some. And I, went, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to get this one. I wanted to get one that maybe was shipped. Or maybe one that wasn't as beautiful. Or maybe one that didn't have as much value. But remember, this represents our patterns. This represents our patterns, and there are some patterns we really don't want to shatter on. I mean, we like them. It has some kind of value to us. And nobody knows what's in there anyway. Maybe I could put the, the, this one back and get a pattern that don't mean that much. Especially when I have a disinterested third party, because I don't want nobody to know. But all the while, with a straight face, I keep hollering, shatter the pattern. So this is how God told me to do it today. This represents our pattern. So I'm going to put it in this bag, this two bag. And when he told me to do it, I said, ooh, I'm going to get my pretty hammer. I said, ooh, I'm going to get my pretty hammer. And then the Lord said, mm-mm. Get the big hammer. What is the big hammer? It is the word of God. I've got to cleave to the word of God. I've got to cleave to the, the horns of the altar. I've got to stay in the face of God. If I'm for real this time, and this is not insanity, and I'm not going around in circle and keep finding myself at the same place, I really got to shatter. This week was a tough week for me. Man, I've had so many things going on this week. I had to eulogize my, my aunt on Friday. I got to stand in front of all of my cousins. We all grieving. I got to see the casket get closed. That was hard on me, you understand? So in the middle of it, I wasn't really sleeping properly and different things like that. And one of the, one of the, uh, one of the issues that I had, I talked about at the youth camp when I had gone through this uh, thing and the devil told me he was going to kill me. Remember that? The devil's a liar and TJ encouraged me. 
and said, Mom, come on, you know the devil. Well, that, that same thing came back this week. And it was a horrible episode in the middle of everything else that I was facing. Then I was challenged with something in my body as well. And I remember telling my daughter, Essence, I said, you know what, Essence? I've got to shatter this. I can't keep dealing with it. I can't keep circling the same mountain over and over. I'm not comfortable with just having intervals of freedom. I said, I love you too much, Essence. I love TJ and Gabe and Gabby. I love the kids and the grandkids too much. I've got a shudder. The pattern. So my family, we all touching and agree. Everybody put your hand in. We all touching and agree. And be free from this generational curse. On the count of three, when I say free, we're going to free, then we all going to shout free. One, two, three, free! we free in the name of Jesus, right? Now here's the deal. We've touched and agreed. We've got the word of faith. I'm bold enough because I'm so serious this time. Because I'm going to my disinterested third party. So he can stand in faith with me and victory for my family. Faith and victory for me and my family. He doesn't benefit. I'm not related to him in any way, shape, or form. I don't even know where he lives. He don't know where I live. He gets nothing. I'm not writing him a check afterwards. Sorry to tell you. I'm not writing you a check afterwards. He doesn't get a vested interest with it. But I trust that you'll stand with me in faith. Would you stand with me in faith? You take my hand. You stand with me in faith. You stand with my family in faith. I'm going to tell you what that situation is, then I want you to stand with me and pray, okay? Now, while I'm doing this, you guys think about your own situation and your own patterns that, you, that need to be shattered. You can gather your family together, but you may look across the room and see a disinterested third party. Somebody that doesn't have a vested interest. Somebody that doesn't benefit from what you're praying for. But today, you're going to trust the God on the inside of them that they will stand with you so that the pattern can be shattered. Take 30 seconds and you do that. Yes, ma'am. He said he's going to agree with me on that. So I'm fully covered now. I've got the word of God. I've got to do what we've been taught. It wasn't just messages to stand up and say, preach, pastor. We were supposed to be doing some work with it. I pulled my family together. I pulled my disinterested third party in. Now we're going to shatter the pattern. I brought the cute hammer. But the Lord says... Use the big hammer. The big hammer is the word of God. You dig in that word and you find the word that will take care of that situation and take care of it good and forever. When we're shattering patterns, it can't be put back together. So God said, use the big hammer. So I got me a big hammer. I went to, y'all know I have a whole toolbox. I went to my toolbox. 
and got my hammer, got my big hammer. You understand? And when I was telling TJ that the Lord told me, don't use this, to use the big hammer, he said, oh, the Lord said the big hammer, Ma. He said, and use the big hammer. Oh, hallelujah, we're shattering patterns up in here today. I'm using the big hammer. I didn't want to pull it out because I liked it. It was beautiful. It had some value to it. But the Lord told me to use the big hammer. And this is what the Lord told me. When I'm using the big hammer, it might not shatter immediately. That's when I pull in my family to help me to shatter the pattern. Come on, y'all. Give me some muscle behind it. Get, come on with these big muscles, Gabe. And a baby. All right, on the count of three, go. One, two, three. We're shattering patterns up in here today. And he told me to pull in my disinterested third party because this has the boomerang effect on him, too. Not only is he standing... Not only is he standing in faith and victory with me and my family as we shatter our patterns, but come on, y'all, this is shattering. Let's pick that one up, too, because we're not leaving nothing to be put back together. Put it in there. Come on, take hold of this, Richard, with my family. Come on, y'all, on the count of three. One, two, three. We're shattering patterns up in here. As long as it takes, brick by brick, morsel by morsel, minute by minute, we're showering. Thank you, guys, for shattering the pattern. I don't think that could be put back together. I don't think it could be put back together. Do y'all? It looks like it's shattered to me. But then the Lord told me this. He said, I make all things new. Oh, hallelujah. I'm giving you something prettier. I'm giving you something sturdy. I'm giving you something of more value. When I'm willing to shatter the pattern and when I'm willing to use the the big hammer, every head bowed. Every eye closed in prayer. I said we shattering patterns. Here corner my hot We're using a big hammer. Come on. Identify the pattern that you need to have shattered. Today we're using a big hammer. You may have to look at not only were my patterns shattered, the patterns in Richard's life was shattered and his family's life was shattered and his children's life are shattered. We use the big hammer. Come on, right in your seat. Identify what needs to be shattered. Don't play with it another day, another moment, another second. Today we're using the word of God. The word of God and our faith in God and the blood of Jesus. And that all equates to the big hammer. 
I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.